0: This is the EWN Podcast Network. And the other thing too is they don't have to travel. People don't have to travel to come see them. You can reach a broader audience base. You can reach more people when you record it and put it on a platform and what we call evergreen, which means that your content is just available and people can sign up all day long and you wake up to Money in the Bank if you've done it right.
1: It's Lift As We Climb, a show that shares secrets about growing your business from the eWomen Premier Success Coaches and outstanding members from around the world. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach and your host. On today's show, we'll of course spend some quality time with one of our Premier Success Coaches and we'll also visit Madison, Wisconsin to say hello to their Managing Director and try to give you some free stuff. Free stuff, great interviews, sounds good to me. Let's get going. Our Premier Success Coach interview is with Michelle Wajardo. We're going to talk about finding your ideal client and not just that. She's going to help us dig into knowing when they're ready to buy and how to make that sale. And we'll talk with Managing Director for Madison, Wisconsin, Terry Yonke. She's an event planner and she's up-leveling virtual events and dropping knowledge on how to make your in-person events more memorable and effective, especially if you're trying to convert your guests into clients. Lift As We Climb is sponsored by The LinkedIn Lifestyle, secrets and strategies to be a LinkedIn star. Cultivating Sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing. And The Expressory, your relationship-building concierge. I've been spending a lot of time thinking about the future. What kind of business do I want? Where do I want to go? I'd imagine you've done the same thing. We've had plenty of time, right? Everyone has experienced the COVID-19 disruption differently. Different areas were open and some were closed at different times. Some businesses weren't affected at all and some went straight to zero. Then there's the difference in how we perceive what's going on. Two neighbors may have completely opposite interpretations of what's happening and what will happen next based on their political beliefs and trust in the information they receive. On a local show that I host, one of the guests made an outstanding point. In the past few weeks, many of us, me included, have launched a product or service modification to, quote, help us get through this tough time. You might have found a little nugget that's paid the bills or helped you keep moving forward. But that wasn't the point. The point was, and I found this interesting, they said, I wonder how many of the business owners will stop offering the service modification their customers now love because we're, quote, back to normal. Think about how restaurants are behaving, or how online ordering and payment has become the norm in so many areas where it wasn't before. In many cases, this has been a technology and convenience revolution. What are you doing right now that's different than what you were doing in February? While some of the things might seem like an inconvenience to you, take a moment and think about it from the customer's point of view. Have you made their life easier? Have you seen your sales go up in an area you didn't expect? When things got tough and people got a little scared, did your core product prove non-essential? I know I'm going to continue my introspection and analysis of my business, and I would definitely recommend you do the same before it's the same old, same old, and your area is open for business once again. With that in mind, we need to know who to ask for and who to consider when making decisions for our customers. That's the role of our ideal customer. And that is the perfect time to bring in our Premier Success Coach for this episode. Have you had the chance to talk with Premier Success Coach Michelle Wajardo? Michelle helps you find your ideal client so you can increase your sales. You may know your demographic and maybe even a little of their psychographics, but do you know about their motivations, desires, and objectives? Let's get her on the air so we can learn a little bit. Michelle, thanks for coming on the show. In the big picture, what kind of coaching do you offer and what do you coach people on?
0: the kind of coach I am is I teach spiritual women entrepreneurs how to stop trading hours for dollars. And I do that by kind of coaching and mentoring them through thinking about how they can translate their in-person events and their coaching into online courses and online programs so that they can take advantage of e-learning as a market and bring that virtual component even before all of the COVID stuff is how they can they think about kind of changing that flavor around and delivering so that they're not trading dollars for hours.
1: And there's only so many hours in the day. So making that conversion makes them money every time they do that, right?
0: Exactly. And the other thing too is they don't have to travel. People don't have to travel to come see them. You can reach a broader audience base. You can reach more people when you record it and put it on a platform and what we call evergreen, which means that your content is just available and people can sign up all day long and you wake up to money in the bank if
1: you've done it right. And there are people that help people productize their courses and create ways to make money while they're sleeping. But you mentioned spirituality and kind of a bigger picture vision at what people do for a living. Can you talk about that for a second?
0: Yeah, so the bigger picture... The spiritual component for me is understanding that the energy in which you create is the energy in which it's received, right? So if if your heart is in the right intention and it's service over sales, that's the way it's going to be received, right? So when we look at the why behind you do something, are you here because you have a passion and you know that you're here for a bigger purpose and a bigger mission? Like, What does that look like and feel like and how does that translate?
1: So today, let's talk about finding their ideal client. So if someone's listening and they're kind of struggling about making great sales and talking to consistently qualified leads, how do you help people find their ideal client?
0: So the first thing I do is I'm a foundation builder. Is what I like to call myself. So I always make sure that everybody has a solid foundation and understanding in their business. And we go back to the basics. It's like, why are they in business? Why do they want to help? How do they see themselves helping? What are their overall personal and business mission and visions and values and goals? And so once I, as a coach, have a clear understanding of where their roadmap is, then I can say, this is how we're going to help you determine the clarity around that, right? So we start with their why, their who, their how, and their goals.
1: And some people will help you find your ideal client, but you add an interesting wrinkle to it. You say that you help people not only find their ideal client, but meet them where they are. What do you mean by that?
0: Yeah, so when you know enough about your client as if you were the client, you can meet them exactly where they're at. So I always like to say, if you understand the problem and their objections, and you can solve the problem and objections that they have before they even know they have them, you've met them where they are in the first place, but then you'll always have a client because you're always future pacing what the next issue is or what that next objection is.
1: And if they can identify who they are, how do you help them figure out where they are? Like what are some of the ideas and thought processes of getting deeper into understanding their client?
0: So lots of people will teach just demographics. Like you have to know where they are, how old they are, where they shop, right? But I really believe the missing piece is teaching the behavior and the psychographic of how and why and when they buy. And when you can hit on the emotion that triggers behind why someone will enroll or hire you, you're already kind of meeting them because you're speaking their language. They've been able to connect with you in a way that they may not have been able to connect with others because you already understand where they are and how your solution is the solution they're looking for.
1: And does it just depend on what product we're selling to understand what stage the buyer is in for them to be ideal? Or are there some general ideas or buying signs, if you will, that would identify when someone's ready to get out their credit card?
0: Yeah, I think there's some general signs. Like if there's a beginner, I call them like kicking the tires. They don't really know you. They're not really raising their hand and saying, "Yes, they have a problem." They're just kind of in the water. They're going to look for free stuff. They're going to just get on your list. They're going to just try to build that no-like trust factor. And then I use a technique called the bridge of transformation, and we actually start on the back end of it, like at the end result. So like if my end result was I want to do one-on-one coaching, And that's step five, like what does step four look like? How do I go from step four to step five? But And then go backwards until you get to like that free or no brainer beginning kind of product or offer. And then when you look at it in its entirety, it says, okay, if my beginner is using this language or this objection and has these problems, I know I need to start them at the beginning. If they're using language and objections, around the middle grade of what my Bridge of Transformation path looks like that I can recommend right there starting in the middle.
1: I'm sure you can help everybody, but are you best suited for someone that's trying to scale or someone that's just starting out or someone that's stalled? Like who is the perfect fit to work with you?
0: It's hard for me to nail down because I want to help everybody, but I think the best person that I can help is somebody who has some idea of who they want to help They don't necessarily need to know how or even how to monetize it or what it's going to look like. But somebody who's willing to come at it from a beginner's mind that says, okay, maybe I don't know everything and let me step outside of my comfort zone of I can only do it in person, right? And somebody who's willing to say, let me just kind of look at it from a different perspective of maybe it's something I didn't think about. So it's probably between the beginner and the person who's wanting to scale or add a different line of business of revenue to their business model.
1: You've got a lot of the mindfulness language just seeping out of you. Beginners, (laughs) meeting people where they are and your why and those sorts of things. But I'm sure you're getting financial results for people. When people get it Right when they know who they're talking to, they meet them where they are, and things are working. What are some of the things that you see? Like, are there behaviors that you notice as the coach that you see with people's customers and leads that shift when you've got it right? Like, some indicators.
0: So, the shift really comes from me being the coach to my coachee is the shift that I see is like the little light goes on in their eye, right? They see where, oh my gosh, I had a limiting belief and we've cleared it. Or I thought my box was only this big. I didn't even know what was possible. And then they take that energy of what's possible and it turns it around and it shows into their client base, right? So if they can go to their clients and say, look, this is what I've learned. And this is the energy of possibility that I'm bringing to you. They feel that their client base feels that and then they get excited and they get
1: jazzed up. So what does it look like to do a 30-minute call with you? If someone books their E-Women call, how does it work? What do you do?
0: So for me, everything starts with a pre-questionnaire like a, that they fill out before we even get on the call. And it's just for me to kind of, again, meet you where you are, understand where you're coming from and what you want to work on. The one thing if I could help you with that would change your world, right? Change the trajectory. And so from there, I just basically go in and start to understand more about the questionnaire responses. I try to get them to think about like what I call future visioning. So like, let's step out 18 months. If we were to work together, what does that look like? What does it feel like? I really believe that our feelings and our emotions create our reality. So if we can feel excited about something, if we have a positive emotional response to something... When we get waylaid or distracted, if we can step back into that, that helps keep us holding that vision. And then basically, I just help them through what I can. And when I get excited about what they're offering or what they're wanting to build, and I want to help be a part of that, then I make an offer for them to keep going with the coaching call and go through that. But basically, it's just to really offer things that they might not have considered and call them on the carpet when I need to, but just do it with love and grace.
1: It's never a bad time to reevaluate your ideal customer and what they want from your product or service. Michelle is one of the 19 Premier Success Coaches standing by to help you with your free coaching calls. Don't forget to use your calls. Just visit ewomennetwork.com, that's our website, and look up the Premier Success Coaches tab. Up next, we'll talk events. Now, many events have been canceled recently, but soon events will be back, and our next guest hosts events for a living. Women Managing Director Terry Yanke is standing by, and she'll touch on how to make your next event great. She'll also share a little bit about how your virtual events can be improved too. This episode of Lift As We Climb is sponsored by Cultivating Sales, the all-in-one CRM and marketing tool. If you're tired of duct taping together six or seven programs to stay close to your customers, you need to know about Cultivating Sales, Texts, emails, sales funnels, calendars, a course builder, even a website builder. Cultivating Sales does it all. And they have a secret discount just for the Lift As We Climb listener. Visit cultivatingsales.com slash lift to capture it. cultivatingsales.com slash lift. And the LinkedIn lifestyle, the secret recipe to attract the right people and build authentic relationships. Get daily content ideas, engagement activities, and profile hacks to stand out on LinkedIn. Market your business, make some noise, and become a LinkedIn star by leading the LinkedIn lifestyle. Visit linkedinlifestyle.com slash star to get the free report, Five Fatal Flaws in Most LinkedIn Profiles. Free now at linkedinlifestyle.com slash star and the expressory let your team and customers know you're thinking about them by sending a work from home care package in the mail from the expressory thoughtful gifts conveniently shopped and shipped by your personal relationship building concierge text home to 414-240-1315 for the work from home care package catalog sent instantly to your phone from the expressory your relationship-building concierge. Offer ends June 30th, 2020. And don't miss your chance to win three months of audible.com. We'll give you the info in just a little bit. The eWomen Network is built on great live events. And now many of the events have gone virtual, but soon events will return. And if you're not using them to build your business or you are using them, but you're not getting the results you want, you'll want to listen up. Our next guest is the CEO of Eventful Advantage, and she's the managing director for the E Women Network in Madison, Wisconsin. Terry Yonke. Terry, thanks for joining us. Simply, what makes a great business event?
0: Well,
2: I feel that a great business event is something that gives their attendees an experience, while at the same time giving them, reaching their purpose and goals, and giving them return on investment and impact
1: one of those things that happen at events that you know it's going well?
2: Okay, I like to call it the magic of an experience. I just really feel that that can propel an event to another level. When you go to an event and you have a good experience, it makes you remember them and think of them even better than before. And for me, I kind of analyzed it down. And if I add these elements to an event, the chances are that an event will be an experience. And that is interaction when attendees interact with one another, engagement when they actually participate in, become part of the event in some format, and when you stimulate all five senses. So your eyes, your ears, your nose, your taste, and your touch. And if you can get all those to happen in an event in a good way, (laughs) it brings a good experience.
1: So you mentioned the five senses, you mentioned some other ways to interact with people. I've never heard someone talk about the five senses before, so that's interesting. I want to ask about that. But I'm curious of those methods you just talked about. Which one do you think is most consistently overlooked? Where aren't people paying attention to? And they should because their events would be better if they did.
2: Well, it's leaving out some of them. and Of course, engagement and interaction is probably the most important and in just in planning an event, you cover some of the senses. But what I do is I plan the event to reach those purpose and goals, bring the return and investment. And then I take a look, does it touch all those senses? And if not, I add an element into the event. And it usually turns out to be something that just elevates it up another level.
1: So you might be going to an insurance seminar and you'll actually say, now, wait a minute, they're not smelling anything. What are they smelling? Like, are you really doing that?
2: I am really, really doing that. And sometimes it could be just very, very subtle. And it could be like just making sure that like how you go into an open house and you smell cookies, that gets a smell going. And so like an insurance, I would definitely make sure that it smells good and there's good things to eat. You know, you're going to be hearing most likely something very informative. So your ears are going and then just something that pops their eyes in a little bit and makes a little bit of a wow.
1: So many e-women businesses are growing. They're not all the way there yet. So maybe they don't have a giant personal audience or business audience to draw from. Is it still okay to have an event if you don't have a giant audience to attend? How big does it have to be?
2: You can have an event with an intimate group, meaning as few as eight to 10 and have an event. But just having an event, preparing for an event, using the event platforms, Even if no one shows up, more will be known about these people and having them plan for an event than not doing one at all.
1: It's funny you say that because I've had that happen before. I've planned events, talked about it for weeks on social media and through email clubs and thought this was going to be great. No one shows. And then you feel terrible, right? You're like, I'm a failure. Everyone hates me. But then the next one's a lot easier to fill because people have heard, oh, you're the guy that does events. How do you communicate that to clients? Because when you're the person and have no one show up, you feel like a total loser.
2: Yeah, I prepare my clients. That is just the nature of events, Pat. You know it because you do a lot of events or have done a lot of events, especially free events. I mean, you're lucky to get half the people that say they're going to come show up. And so it's just the nature of events. Like you said, you had no problem or not as much problem the second time around because people heard about you. And like I always tell them, even if no one shows up, they know more about you. And that's increasing your brand awareness.
1: So if an event works, what are some of the outcomes that you deliver for clients that people might not realize are benefits of having events?
2: Well, the simplest is usually if you have an event, you invite your current clients. Or people that have been interested in you. So that gets them more involved with you, wants them to stay with you. Another thing is, like I said, you're talking, you're reaching out in the community, maybe using an event platform. And so you're reaching more people that have never heard of you before. So there's the potential to gain new clients. And then I really feel, again, your brand, more brand awareness. And the whole end result of it is you could increase your sales. You build your business and brand. And so I think that there's a power of events.
1: Are there any trendy tips or tricks that are happening right now in the event space that you think are neat? You can share a secret with us. Give us something good. Come on, something that's going on that really works.
2: Well, unfortunately, during current times, we've had to take events virtual, virtual or online. People use different words. Now, with virtual events, at first, it's just stumbling through. A lot of people stumbled through Zoom. But people are really up-leveling virtual events now. And you can even an actually true virtual experience to a virtual event. So it is just that, again, though, is thinking about what I said, engagement, interaction, and the stimulation of the senses. And I really like it when people do a, like right now we're being forced to do virtual events, but you add the elements of smell, which you can't do over in a screen, but maybe you send a kit or ask them to bring a candle or ask them to bring certain things to the event to help elevate the event. And that is creativity, thinking out of the box that people are a little bit more open to now that they are learning that really to connect and to do events, you need to do them virtually right now.
1: The company is Eventful Advantage and it's based in Madison. And Terry's also the Madison director for the eWomen Network. Tell us about the Madison chapter. I had the chance to go to one meeting and I loved it. Tell us all about it.
2: Oh yeah, I'm so excited that Madison now has a chapter. Madison is my home. And when I moved back to Madison, I was a member already of eWomen Network in Dallas and I loved it. And it was kind of like, okay, I'm gonna connect with my Madison E Women Network chapter. And I found out there was none. So I'm sitting here, that is not right. This company has been around here for 20 years and Madison Doesn't have one? Oh my gosh. And so I started a chapter towards the end of last year and it is growing. And I'm so excited. Such quality people, such a nice community where it really is lift one another as you climb.
1: What's neat is a lot of events are online. Are you doing your group chapter meetings on Zoom right now?
2: I certainly am. I was one of the first to switch to a virtual event. So on March 18th was my first virtual event. And we have been going strong. We have not stopped. We are staying connected. And I have another one coming up on May 20th. And we will actually be discussing, Pat, um, the power of podcasting with a local person based here in Madison, Audrey Martinovich.
1: Well, all right. So May 20th, if we're listening, can we pop in? Can we register? Is it just for the folks in Madison? Or how does that work?
2: Well, that's the beauty of virtual events is that it is no location barriers. And so, yes, anyone from anywhere can join events in the whole eWomen Network chapter.
1: The Five Senses, the Five Senses, of course. Great time spent with Terry, and it's nice to connect with her about event production, especially her comments about virtual events. You can learn and connect with Terry. Her contact information is in the show notes. Earlier in the show, I mentioned a giveaway. Well, do you want to win or what? Well, you need to act before the end of May. If you love podcasts and audiobooks, you're going to love this. I'm going to give away a three month membership to audible.com at the end of the month. All you need to do is register as a Lift as We Climb VIP by May 30th, 2020. Text the word LIFT to 414 240 1315. That's 414 240 1315 and you'll get on the alert list and you'll be entered to win. It takes less than 30 seconds to do so, but your normal data and message rates are going to apply. Let your friends and fellow eWomen members know about it too. I'll draw a winner in early June. And we're doing a guest call. If you have something that you'd like to share with the eWomen network, I want to highlight members along with our premier success coaches, managing directors, and VIPs. Visit liftasweclimbpodcast.com and you can apply to be on the show. Make sure to apply today because the list is starting to get long and I want to get as many people in as we can. Visit liftasweclimbpodcast.com and apply today. This episode of Lift As We Climb is sponsored by The Expressory, your relationship-building concierge, the LinkedIn lifestyle, secrets and strategies to be a LinkedIn star, and cultivating sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach and a premier success coach for the E-Women Network. Find out more about me at patmillerideacoach.com. Thanks for tuning in.
2: Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.